our secret place, we, we can't always live, you know, hiding in our bedroom, yes, right? In our right. marriage, we can't always right. just be having fun in our bedroom. You know, yeah. like, that's not, that's not how it goes. Come on. But, like, there's that time, and it's set apart, and it's, it's holy. private, and it's holy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what he's saying, like, or that's what we're saying to be known by God. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first God Known podcast. I'm excited. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad that we actually match. I, I like specifically was like, we need to match today. Yeah, it's oh. a, it's always been a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, more important to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got four girls. So our four girls, um, we love to dress them up for photography stuff, and they match as well. Mm-hmm. So for you who may not know, I want to introduce, my name is Daniel Dyer. This is the God Known Podcast in the very beginning. This is my beautiful wife, Jody. Hi, we're so glad you're here. Thanks yeah. for joining us. And we will begin to um, unfold more about our story and our lives as we go on. Today, we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be God known, to be known by God. And so we're going to go into that. Um, we want to be very clear, though, too, going forward. We don't ask for financial support. So as we share stuff, clips, whatever, on social media and stuff, if you're ever asked for financial support, it's not us. So don't mm-hmm. do it. Don't take into the scams. We will ask, though, if this encourages you, if this blesses you, if you feel God in this, share it. Share the clips. Share the reels. Comment. Give feedback. Um, we love that kind of stuff. We want this to be about God. I don't believe we're supposed to have a platform or calling. I believe we're supposed to be lights. We are supposed to be full of the fruit of Jesus. And everywhere we go, we're to make them known. And from that, God can give influence and do what he wants. But it's all for his glory and his namesake. So, Amen. Awesome. Well, we're going to get right into it this morning. We're going to dive into this. This is probably, I would say, Jody, probably um, one of my most convicting, prominent, fearful scriptures that I read. Um We read the Beatitudes in Matthew, okay? Mm -hmm. So Matthew 5 and 6. Then we go into lay up your treasures into heaven and the lamp is the body. Do not worry. What? Do not judge, huh? Keep asking, seeking, knocking the narrow way. You will know them by their fruits. And then we get into Matthew 7 verse 21 after all that. So we have to have the context of this, right? So we're literally talking about God saying, don't worry, don't judge. You're going to know believers by their fruits, not by their miracles, not by all the other stuff. And then to seal it all up. And after that, I, I will go on to say, he says, build your house on the rock, right? Mm-hmm. But he goes, this is what he says in Matthew 7 verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. The word there, Greek, is gnosko. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness or sin. Okay, so gnosko, the definition is to know of or knowing there is a difference. So the, the definition is knowing. It's not knowing of God. God's not saying, I never knew of you. God is saying, I never intimately knew you. There was never a deep intimacy and relationship. Because we know that God knows all things. All right? 
So we're going to get into this discussion today. We're just going to talk faith. That's what God Known Podcast is going to be about. It's going to be about knowing God, being known by Him, and knowing the days in which we live. So, right on. Yeah. It's really awesome. I think lately too, right? We've just been in Beatitudes a lot. I feel like over the past couple of months, just in general, we go back into that quite often. Yeah, I mean, the Sermon on the Mount is something that I go back to fairly often. Um, I I find the Holy Spirit leading me there because it's really just like it, it's it's foundational to the Christian faith and like the things that he says are so challenging on so many levels and it's like I could read the same thing a hundred times and something different stands out to me um and it's always convicting not condemning that's just the beauty of Jesus mm -hmm. like there's just gold to be found here and it's like the secret place the secret place the secret place in Matthew 6 it's like, just come to me, mm -hmm. be one with me, be intimate with me. You know, we could, um, I think Stephanie Gretzinger was like kind of condemned for having that sort of language, but yeah. like we're intended to go into a room and close the door mm -hmm. and be one with our father mm -hmm. who sees in secret and will reward us openly. The goal isn't for the reward, it's for the intimacy and then the, the reward follows. Yeah. Um, and so many times I personally am uh, motivated by my rewards and, um, mm. it's, it's a heart shift to just go back to, but it's all about him. Amen. If y'all don't know though, too, like, so I was planning on doing the God known podcast. People have helped support us. So we thank those that have helped support getting it off the ground and the stuff we needed to do it. I was going to have my wife on a couple mm -hmm. of the podcasts here and there. Um, the next one we're doing, I'm really excited about because it's going to focus more on women and helping mm -hmm. encourage women in the faith because there's so much, I believe, more in society that women face than men um, with how you need to look, how you need to dress. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. But mm -hmm. so one day about a week and a half ago, I woke up in the morning and it was like I wake up and I'm like, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, God. Good morning, Father. I love you. And then I go downstairs, usually here, and I spend time with the Lord. But I woke up, and it was like, before I could get a word out, the Father was just there. I could just sense his presence. And he said, Daniel, your wife is going to be with you on the podcast. And I was like, I know. He says, no, on all of them. <laughs> like, I was like, okay. And it was just really convicting and interesting. Because she brought up, like, we watched something by um, Stephanie on the green room. And it was interesting because she talked on there about oneness, right? And it really hit me in a different way. From that came the realization of like, this isn't me doing a podcast to share what God has put on my life. This is us sharing our story of life. Cause we've been walking with God. Um, we've been married now for 13 years, Yeah, you know, 14 almost, in May, 14 in May. Yeah. Let's go. So, but I mean, like for me, it's been our journey together. It's been a wild journey. And uh, it's yes, been beautiful. It, <laughs> it has been. It's been. There's been days yeah. of craziness, and we have not had like this. I don't know. Like you might look at our marriage photos and go, "Oh my gosh," and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's oh my gosh." But like, our walk has had struggles. We butted heads quite often. We've had disagreements. We've had moments where we've been upset with each other, and we have not been very Christ-like. But we've been quick to forgive. We've acknowledged our faults, and I think that's caused us to grow, knowing that God was the third strand cord holding us together. And I think things began to shift for us even in this last year 
um, like there was there was a moment where we realized the things that we were speaking, mm-hmm. like we finally received it in love. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hearing you from the angle of you judging me, but because you love me, you're speaking things that I need to hear, right? Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Um, but for so long, we just always took it like it, we were meant, meaning to hurt each other. Mm-hmm. And um, once that cycle starts, it's hard to break it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with time, trials, and just really coming to the end of ourselves and like our ability to to be strong. Yeah. I think that's where we could finally like stop fighting yeah <laughs> the wrong fights yes. and realize like okay we are on the same team we are um pursuing the same thing with the lord and um it has it has changed things a lot in our marriage and in our family uh we still fail i still fail yeah me too. um but i think when we can put on the um the glasses of just like a redeeming love it, we can receive from each other in a, in a way that we just weren't able to for yeah. years. Yeah. I guess one of the biggest things that I pray quite often and I talk about it often too is in Revelation, um, you know, it talks about, you know, the the lukewarm, right? Hot mm-hmm. and cold and lukewarm. Most of us in the Christian faith know that if you, I'll spit you out of my mouth. But what we don't understand and see um, from that story is Jesus saying, I ask you to buy from me that you might have your nakedness clothed and your blindness, your eyes out that you would see. And so that became very convicting to me in moments where I feel like I'm failing the Lord or I'm failing my friends or I'm failing the body of Christ because my life is meant to edify others, right? You're meant to edify others. I'll get alone with God in the secret place. And for me, that that's the biggest prayers. Like, I'm not down here in the secret place with the Lord. Like, God, would you open doors for me to preach? God, like, truly, my heart in this place is God pruned my life. God changed my heart. God, give me eyes to see. Lord, I acknowledge there are ways that I don't even know that I'm naked before you. Clothe me with your mercy. Um, and that's just it. Like you said, I think that's important. Like, you know, God in his mercy wants us to see. The biggest thing lately I've been telling a lot of people as I hit the streets and share the gospel is they, they share with me how they've failed, how they've fallen short, how they're hurt in their heart, how they've disappointed God, and they don't feel like God can forgive them. And I bring it back to the cross of Christ. Did you love God when he found you? Were you seeking him when he found you? Okay. So him founding you, Jesus died on the cross for our sins long before many of us ever existed. In that moment, he said yes, knowing all the moments you would live this life saying no. And he chose you. Do you think he not saw all the times you would stumble after you came to Jesus and said yes? And so that, that, that encourages them quite often. I tell them, look. God knew all the times you were going to fail. Don't be hard on yourself. Get convicted. Get understanding and wisdom. Stop the destruction and, and change. But yes. So getting... So, yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah go I, ahead. Uh, Psalm 37, uh, 23 and 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he oh. delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Come on. 
so good. That's another Psalm 37 is another passage that like whenever I'm praying like God, I don't know what to read. Mm-hmm. Psalm 37. Often. Do it again. Mm-hmm. There's there's so much gold here. There is. But you know, and and so like going back to two what I was tying into that I kind of like got lost sight of. So my God woke me up and told me my wife was going to do this with me. Right. <laughs> For the longest time in our relationship, we go out and we're at Walmart, we're wherever. We say Walmart. I feel like Walmart is like, there's Chick-fil-A and Walmart. Those are the Christian business places to evangelize. Like we talk, but I mean, because I see see so many people that share miracles that happen at Walmart. Everybody goes to Walmart. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, but like, like, what y'all know about Myers though? Come on. What you know about Publix? We'd be up in Whole Foods sharing Jesus too. So, but like when I go places quite often, like my wife's just kind of like, yeah, cool. I'll just let him do his thing. Mm -hmm. And I find more and more that she's been in this place of engaging more and and wanting to reach out more and even just as we talk faith more she's talking more about her faith and so it so blesses me to have my wife here with me as we're doing this because it's been our story although i've been more so at the forefront of sharing the gospel when we go out places and evangelize and my wife's there taking care of the kids so i can do that at the grocery stores and pray for people right um so i'm really glad that you're here in the midst of this um yeah, so getting into this, y'all, right? This, this, I, I wanted to share briefly, and I told my wife I was going to say this specifically because it was convicting on my heart. Um, imagine, like, if y'all hopped into the podcast and we were like, so don't forget to go there and get this, and you get what? You wouldn't, you'd be like, what do you mean, get, go, go where? What, what are you talking about? Like, did I miss something? Where's the first half of this message? So I love this when we read in there, and I, I have it memorized, and I can go to the word, but I, I just want to say, I want, I want to set the stage for this. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven. So we know that's the case, but here's the wild thing about this. Can I, can I drop a bomb on y'all real quick? Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom, but those who do the will of my Father in heaven. Okay, don't we read in Mark that he calls all those who believe to cast out demons, heal the sick, and speak with new languages, tongues, and raise the dead? So these people prophesied. They did many miracles, and they did wonders in his name, and cast out demons in his name. Is that not the will of the Lord? Isn't that wild? So these people did what we would assume quite often, in in many circles, especially charismatic, they did the will of the Lord, and yet he's saying, depart, I never knew you. And so we get this conversation halfway through, I feel like. God didn't fully reveal the whole conversation. What do I mean by that? Jesus says, not everyone who does the will, blah, 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 blah. But then he goes, Many will say in that day, Lord, Lord. So imagine, I want you to think for a moment. You can even close your eyes if you want to and visualize this, that you're standing before the Lord one day. It's your first moment standing before him. Are you going to just start speaking right off the bat and making a defense of why you should be allowed in? You'd be like, no, uh, no, that's crazy. Well, I know I'm only here by the blood of Jesus. You know that that's so good. But, but so many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, it's a rebuttal, friends. Jesus is saying many are going to say on the day, Lord, Lord. And if you don't know, oftentimes, because Moses did it, when they write something twice or they say it, I say rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. They're saying, I say rejoice. there's There's a volume to be heard, an emphasis on it. So Jesus doesn't say many will say, Lord, Lord. Many are going to say on the day, Lord, did we not cast out demons? Hold on a second, Jesus. Wait a minute. They're going to begin to debate and build a case of defense because Jesus first, I believe, and he didn't say that, so I'm not taking and adding scripture, 
But Jesus is going to see them come before him, and the judgment will be, Depart, you workers of iniquity. And many will respond, But Lord, didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do? They're going to literally instantly look to what they did and go, Wait a minute. We did things for you. Hold on a second. And there's a bartering that begins to take place that has always been in their heart. Um, you know, and yeah, just after that, he goes into the, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine. I mean, he's talking about this, the sermon, Matthew 5, beforehand. Come 5, on. 6, 7, do these things. And I will liken him to be a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. So, I mean, really, yes, we need the whole word, all of it. But mm. Jesus did not have to say a lot to say a lot. Mm. This really isn't a long sermon. Mm. <laughs> this not is not a long sermon, but he says a lot. Yes. And it's very countercultural. It was then and it is now. Mm -hmm. You've got the Beatitudes. You're to be salt and light. Yeah. He fulfilled the law. Murder starts in your heart. Mm -hmm. Check your heart. All adultery starts in the heart. Marriage is sacred and binding. Yep. He says, don't make oaths. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Go the mm -hmm. second mile for people. Love your enemies. Mm -hmm. Go to the secret place. Yeah. When you give, when you pray, when you fast. Yep. Make your treasures in heaven. Talks about the lamp of your body. Don't worry. Lamp don't serve God in money. Don't judge. Ask, seek, and knock. The way is narrow. Bear fruit. Yep. So it's powerful. And then from there, he mm -hmm. goes into, not everyone who says to me, Lord, mm -hmm. will enter the kingdom, but he who does the will of my Father. What did Jesus just declare? The will of the Father. Mm -hmm. He said, I only speak what I see the Father doing. So how important is it that we walk into a place of reading, digesting, nourishing our lives on the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. I had the um, opportunity, I'm going to choke up at this, I almost off to do. I went to Israel in 2018, and it was such such a blessing just to go. It wasn't about who I got to go with and why I went there, other than the fact that I went to Israel. And I realized recently, I had come to a moment six years later of like, yeah, I went to Israel, you know, almost like the flu shot. But my point is, I had cheapened the remembrance of the mercy of God. Like, no, no, no. Six years ago, I got to go to Israel. Like, the fact that I get to breathe mm -hmm. is a blessing. The fact that I get to live in peace in America from is the, a blessing. From the moment that I met you, you wanted to go to Israel. Mm -hmm. And before. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. I got saved. And I read the Gospels, and I was like, I wanted to go to Israel. But some of y'all got to know, we're going to have fun. The God Known podcast, hopefully, is going to be a journey of encouraging y'all to get closer to Jesus and stuff. But I'm going to be very transparent. I don't care. I'm going to be very transparent. When I first got saved, I began reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for six months. I got saved in my bedroom. And I'll share my testimony fully sometimes, but I got saved in my bedroom. And 
I went to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and I came home and for the next six months, I quit going to the clubs. I quit all that stuff. And I just literally just read the gospels again and again in my bedroom. I spent hours listening to Planet Shakers, to Hillsong and just worshiping to to the those songs to Jesus. And I would just sit there and worship and weep and cry because I came out of a home where my dad and still is to this day, very toxic, abusive, mm-hmm. very demeaning, very manipulative but he's saved because he asked Jesus into his heart and he believes in his mercy. And I want to tell you today, that's these people. I'm not speaking of my dad specifically, but I'm saying that's these people right here. They casted out demons. They prophesied. They did miracles in your name. You owe me, God. And what I want to say the most important thing is, Jesus walks around in humility, although he did not need to because he was the son of God. He could have walked around boastful and he would have been loving, justified, and righteous in the process of it. He walks around humble and he goes this, I can do nothing of myself. I can only do what I see the father doing. Many say on that day, didn't we? Notice right there, there's the problem right there. Didn't we? Didn't we do this? Uh uh-uh. uh. Jesus is more humble than we are. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. I know. <laughs> it's okay though. We... It's okay to plug about amazing things that people get from God, right? But Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I think when you can receive and like digest that mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. I'm not as great as I think I am. And and that's that's good. Yep. Yeah, hum- I was, humility is is important and it's foundational and it's what we need to be. And it's so quick, so mm-hmm. quick and easy to be like, well, I did this and I did that and now I did this. And I'm, I'm perceived as such. So now I'm great. Yeah. But it's always Christ is great in me. Yeah, come on. <laughs> That is it. So I'm, I, we got to listen to it later. I want you to listen to it too. There's another podcast I was listening to and this girl, she's a missionary girl and uh, she just like pfft, missionary farmer, but like she's talking yeah. in this podcast and it just, it brought conviction to me. Like I'm losing sight, even a microscopic chromosome of that. God, that's it. I know like for me, it's the secret place for me. It's like, I just want to live for Jesus. Like I really do. But like she was talking yesterday and she was talking about how like, She was just so like, fear the Lord because she's like, I'm around all these people who love the Lord and all these people love Jesus. And, um, it was really powerful and interesting because these people specifically, um, they were like just people that had the wisdom of God. They had the heart of God. And she was like, I just don't deserve anything. All I deserve is his wrath. And so in that moment, I was just like, that's it though to keep their remembrance that god is good god is faithful but yeah we don't deserve this we should never get to a place where we feel entitled where we feel like god owes us something or to where we are entitled to a point of god now has established us and we have a bartering chip with the lord because we do not so jubilee come here our daughter has come down here mm-hmm. yes can I help you? No, honey. Yep. You may go talk to your sisters, okay? We love you. Awesome. <laughs> so, and with that, I will say, like, it's awesome. She, like, came down here and, Jubilee, please shut the door. She came down here and um, she just began to do this. And so, uh, 
we told them ahead of time we're going to be doing the podcast, recording it, right? Not to come down here to give us the space to do this, and yet Julie came down here. There needs to be grace for that even, right? Because that's our daughter. She's our girl. We love our girl. And it wasn't by coincidence that she came down here. She was standing there for like a couple minutes quietly. I know. I, I kind of gave her the little finger, but she... Uh, continued on. Continued on. She, she, she mm-hmm. knew, but she... And that's where it's not bad, but it needs to be healed. It needs to be challenged. She needs to be born again. Three of our girls walk with Jesus, mm-hmm. and now we have to disciple them in that process, and we have to raise them up and teach them. Mm-hmm. Um, moment where I'll do a plug and I'll say, look, your church, whatever church you go to, it is not the responsibility of your pastors to train up your children, to train up your marriage, to train up your families. I will say, and we're going to get into that later on in an episode, unfolding the fivefold, mm-hmm. the pastors, it is their calling as pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and apostles to train all of us to equip us for the working of the ministry. But if we think that they are supposed to be the ones to feed us, to nourish us, to grow us all the time, we are totally deceived by that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, so it's just really powerful when you look at that, that these, like I said, these disciples were like, you know, man, because I mean, obviously discipleship happened at some point in their life, right? They knew how to cast out demons. Mm-hmm. They knew how to prophesy, right? They knew how to do miracles. So some, at some point, they had discipleship. But at somewhere along the lines, they got into this understanding that they have done something at all. And I think the biggest thing, if you get anything today from what we're sharing in the podcast, it's this. That we would never establish that we did anything. I was talking to my wife about it this morning. I'm actually going to share with you all this now. So uh, go back a couple years. What was it? 2018 maybe? After Israel, I think. Um, the Unity Fest was in Grand Rapids. It was kind of funny because Justin Bieber popped into that thing randomly. It was so funny, actually, because Lecrae was there. Bieber was there. I think, not Tomlin, but there was another big artist there. But, yeah. like, they were not expecting Justin Bieber to pop in. Yeah. And when he popped in, we had to, like, Kent County Sheriff's came down. Because the area where we were, if y'all don't, uh, let me paint a picture for you. It's an open field next to the Gerald R. Ford Museum in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And then there's the Grand River right next to it. And there is no closed buildings in that area. There is no, like, closed fencings for the most part. So, like, this was wide open for, you know, Christian artists, for now Justin Bieber, Stephen Baldwin showed up. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was like, okay, now there is a concern of these people being safe and this drawing a crowd and causing issues. Um, But... Earlier on in the day, there was a lady walking across the bridge, and she could barely see. She was an older lady, and um, she was just handing out pamphlets and stuff about Jesus. And I was like, oh, thank you. I was like, I'm a believer, but I was like, I'd always be willing to read this. I was like, hey, I was like, what's going on? Is there anything I can pray for you for today? You know, because uh, I feel like no matter whether they're Christian or not, we could always try to encourage and pray for people. And she goes, well, I would love to have my eyes healed, but she's like, I haven't had that happen. I was like, well, today, let's let it happen. Right? And I mean, I just speak by faith. Well, yeah, but it might not happen. Why am I going to believe for that? So we begin to pray. And she goes, I feel something going on. I'm like, cool. Can you read the my shirt? Because I had a sign on my shirt. And she's like, not really. I was like, well, let's pray again. And we started to pray again. And she's like, I can see your shirt a little bit. And I was like, praise God. This is the first time I've prayed for somebody that was blind that is getting healing. I was like, praise God. Wasn't anything in me going, oh, this is it. This is my moment. Not at all. Like, and, I, and we'll get into that. But so 
Um, I back up a little bit after I pray again for her. I'm like, can you read more clearly now? She's like, I can make out the words on your shirt. And she starts to tear up a bit. Well, some of her older friends came around her and they're like, are you getting healing? And she's like, yes. She's like, I can start to see. And they're like, we've been praying for her for years. And I wasn't like, well, what happened? I mean, come on now. You've been praying for her for years. Gosh, can you pray anything that actually works? No. I was like, that's awesome. I was like, well, praise God. All the prayers are starting to cause breakthrough, right? We need to make sure that we are humble in our heart and in our intent for why we're praying for people and not discount the prayers of others or judge that. Judge not lest you be judged, right? Well, and, and in that moment too, it's not so much that the person doing the praying and the, the um, miracle manifests, right? That that person becomes known. Yeah. No, it's that God has made himself known to the person receiving the healing. Yes. And yes. when something very real and tangible happens, it's like God is with me. Yeah. God healed me. Yeah. And that he's making himself known to that person. Praise mm -hmm. the Lord. Yeah. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. And that's what I said to my wife this morning, y'all. I said, you know, I look back and think of that. There wasn't ever and there hasn't ever since been any part of me that was like, God, remember that one day that I did that? I equate everything that has happened and I've seen healing of limbs, healing of backs at stores. I've prayed for people that you can't imagine that have gotten healed, that aren't Christian, aren't loving Jesus, that you don't know why God's healing them. And the things that happen, but every single time I look at it this way, and I want to encourage you to do the same. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't have breath right now. All breath comes from God. That's scriptural. Sorry about science. That's scriptural. I wouldn't have breath if it wasn't for the grace of God right now. I wouldn't have a working mind if it wasn't for the grace of God right now. So very simply put, by those two things alone, it's God and it's God doing the miracle and the work through my life. It's not me. And if we're not careful, we can walk in the strength of flesh and we can go, well, I've been taking care of myself and I'm fit. So, you know, I, I'm able to, to get around to the high parts of the mountains where this guy is up here and he's, you know, a homeless man and he lives out in the mountains and he's been very injured. But now I can pray for him. Man, not everybody can climb this mountain like this. Maybe Samson could. So, yeah, so, like, that was just encouraging me this morning. Just a remembrance of, you know, these people are attributing what they did and their accomplishments. We need to constantly remember to bring it back to Jesus. And we are just letting Christ move through our lives. Not use us, but anoint us and empower us with the Holy Ghost to do the work of the Father. Yeah, it just makes me think of when we went to Jesus culture. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Why don't you share was that? Was that 2010? That was 2010. It was just after we got married, right? Yep. Where, where was Jesus Culture holding? This is awesome. Where was Jesus? Could, I'm, I'm loving that I'm, I'm putting Jesus Culture on was blast. Was that the one at the Masonic Lodge? That was at the Masonic Lodge. Jesus Culture was holding a conference and they rented out a Masonic Lodge to do it. That right there goes, red flags. Did y'all pray? Did you Did you make sure after you left there to cast out all the demons? Did you pray over your phones after you left? Stop. Did we smother in oil? We didn't. I don't, I don't think fall. we thought of oil, but continue. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up um, in the church. West Michigan, for those who don't know, is very um, reformed, RCA. Uh, and so I grew up in like RCA light, which is basically uh, non-denom, 
which is a denomination mm -hmm. <laughs> as well by now. But I didn't really hear about healing. I didn't hear much about the gifts of the Spirit. It just, the Holy Spirit was the Holy Spirit. He was part of the Trinity, but mm -hmm. we don't know much about him. So I just didn't really think very much about it. And I met Dan, and um, I, that changed. It just it just changed. Yeah. Um, I can share more on that later. But fast forward, and we're, we're newlyweds, and we go to this conference. And um, I had, since I was like four, major problems with my left ear. Um, when I had four, when I was four, sorry, I had a reconstructive surgery done on my eardrum. Um, like part of my head was shaved because they had to take skin grafts and like do all kinds of things. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I had a hold in my eardrum. So you had like the so, Spider-Man Gwen thing going on? I, yeah, it was brutal. But, um, after that, I still just always had problems with my ear. Um, constant, well, not constant, frequent infections, frequent problems. And, uh, when I was mm -hmm. 16, I had to have the same surgery done again by a different doctor. So as a high schooler getting half, like part of my head shaved yeah. <laughs> and going through all that and, uh, even after that surgery, more issues. Um, I had to have two more laser surgeries uh, mm -hmm. because it just was, it just wasn't right. Um, and so we go to this Jesus Culture Conference, and um, they say if you need healing in your body, stand up. And I was like, I need healing in my body, so I stood <laughs> up and. Come on. Um, I don't know who this person is. They never really even said anything to me after they prayed, no. but uh, I, they laid their hands on me and prayed, and I just felt fire mm -hmm. in my body. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and from that moment on, my ear was healed. Like, zero problems. Mm -hmm. um, what happened years later when you went to the doctor? Yeah, so that's the interesting thing. Um, several years later... I started to feel just a bit of fluid in my ear, so I thought, oh, gosh, I haven't had any problems in so long. Do I really even want to go to the doctor? But I did, because I just wanted to make sure I was okay. Mm -hmm. And um, he just look, looked in there. He's like, oh, yeah, you're just, it's just allergies and congestion. You just need some decongestant. You're, you're totally fine. But the miraculous thing was, Prior to that appointment, anybody new looking at my two ears would look at my right ear and be like, okay, cool. They'd look at my left ear and say, what happened to you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Two reconstructive surgeries, two laser operations, and it just obviously looked bad, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. What happened to you? I go and see this new doctor. Um... And he, he just looked at this and looked at that and was like, yeah, they're, they're the same. Couldn't even tell. Couldn't. It was like everything had been transformed and mm -hmm. healed completely. Mm -hmm. So so a couple things, like one, yeah. And I'll just say too, that is a defining moment for me, mm -hmm. knowing that God did yeah. that. Yeah. I was touched by the Lord through yeah. somebody's hands 
through faith, you know, all of that. But there are times that we feel so small and insignificant and unseen. And there, when I think about that moment, I always feel seen and known by the Lord himself. Yeah. Those are the moments though, right? And I feel like those are the moments that we need to build on. Mm-hmm. Like we need to build our faith on those moments. And those are the moments that we go back to in hardship, in struggles, in times. I was saved six months when I was worshiping at a university. I had been crying out to see the Lord and I saw his face in a vision. Mm-hmm. And it looked like the Shroud of Turin. That's what it looked like. And I saw it for about three seconds and I cried and it was amazing. There was kids dancing and worshiping around in this big college arena. And I mean, so much so the wooden platform floor was shaking underneath my feet. And I'm there and I can feel them dancing like it was like a trampoline, for real. Mm. And just all of a sudden I saw the face of Jesus. And it it looked almost like the Shroud of Turin. And I just cried. I was like, Mm. and then it disappeared. I'm like, no, (laughs) like, where are you going? Come back. No, what? Um, But like, yeah, those moments, I had a moment where I was just praying in the spirit. Um, And it was, I was saved about eight or nine months. I I wasn't, until I was six months in, I think. I was saved six months before I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, So for those who might be on the fence about all that stuff and stuff, let me tell you, I was skeptical too. I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and uh, I got baptized. And that night that I got baptized at our church, uh, the guy wanted to lay hands on me to receive the Holy Spirit and other people too. And, you know, and he did the whole, like, kind of pushing on my head and pushing (laughs) on my head. And I'm like, okay, you're going to hurt my neck. Like, but I knew as an older gentleman, he meant well. We were sitting down. I wasn't going to fall that far. But he meant well. And I grabbed his hand gently and I said, thank you so much for your love. Thank you. I went home that night and I said, Lord, and this is what I do with everything that you're going to hear me talk about. Lord, you said your Holy Spirit would lead me into all truth and I'm a little confused right now. What was all that? What is that, God? If that's in your word. And now mind you, remember, I'm six to eight months in. I've been reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I mean, aggressively, I'm talking, I was reading chapters every day. I was consuming the chapters of the gospels again and again. I would just continue to read them. I probably read through them probably 20, 30 times over the six months. So I'm reading them and then this happens. And so I'm sitting there and one morning, I'm just like, Lord, like if this is of you, I don't want to be deceived. But if there's something that can bring me closer to you, that was my whole intent My heart cry for having the gift of tongues was to be closer to him. I wasn't thinking now I can speak in tongues and people know that I speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. And it was, God, I want to be closer to you. If this is real, if this is you, Lord, reveal this in your scripture. Help me see where is this in the word. I'm sitting there early in the morning, clear as day, heard the voice of the Lord. When I hear the audible voice, it's it's not a parrot, but it's almost like he's just behind me and I hear his voice over my shoulder. It's, It's awesome. And I was just sitting there and I just heard go to the book of Acts. And I'm like, so I'm like, literally, I was like, the book of Acts, okay, I, I've heard of that, but where's that at? <laughs> literally, not even kidding. Listen, I had heard about somebody's encounter of going to heaven, a near-death experience when I got saved, um, about six months after I got saved. And they said the first person you see when you get to heaven is Abraham. I had been saved like six months, right? I literally thought Abraham Lincoln. I literally was like, why are you going to see Abraham Lincoln first? And it wasn't probably about eight or nine months in until I started reading the Old Testament for the first time, really diving into it. I was like, oh, Father Abraham. Right. I knew that. I knew it wasn't the president. But that's literally what I thought. you know. And and so I went to the book of Acts and I read this. And um, it was really convicting, encouraging. It makes me think of, and I want to say this now, we had a girl. 
um, years ago that was in our, our wildlife group, you yeah. know, and uh, such a sweet girl, loves the Lord. And um, she had shared with us how, like, you know, I believe in tongues for some people, but it's not for me. And I, I shared that I share her story more than she knows. I don't say her name, but I share her story. And mm-hmm. it actually has helped multiple people to be encouraged to go after that in prayer to God wanting that. And, and I said to her, What's, well, why isn't it for you? And she's like, well, not everybody gets to have the gift of tongues. I said, no, actually, when you read in the Gospels or in the New Testament, right, where Paul writes, he says he prays that everyone would have the gift of tongues. And one of those Greek words, he's actually talking about the public office of the tongues that comes with an interpretation in the church. Yeah. There has to be an interpretation for a public or audible one. Now, we can get into the, you know, um, the frustration. Well, I hear singers singing quietly in the background in tongues. Like, this, there's a difference between that and getting on a microphone and literally just blasting away mm-hmm. speaking in tongues like you have a word. You have to have an interpretation. There has to be biblical doctrine to that. But then... He says in other places, the gift of tongues. And in that word, it means it's more so for everybody. So Jesus said that they will cast out demons, they will heal the sick, and they will speak with new languages, new tongues. It's for everyone. So I told this to her. And then what I love to do, and I did back in the day, is I read this to her. I was like, hey, I want you to read it. And I pointed to it. And she says, all those who believe. And I said, keep reading. We'll heal the sick. We'll cast out demons and we'll... And she stopped for a second. I think if I remember right, she went, speak with new languages. I was like, who? All those who believe. I said, do you believe? She goes, yes. I said, that's you. Mm-hmm. Now, what had happened was, and I feel like I, I, she won't mind if I share this. What had happened was, she went to a camp when she was 12, I think. I think she was 12 years old. Went to a camp. It was a Pentecostal camp. They laid hands on everybody to receive the gift of tongues. And guess what happened? Everybody started speaking in tongues but her. And, I mean, it makes you wonder, too, like, if out of pressure, I mean, we're, we're talking about kids here. How many if of them, If kids yeah. are just like, yada, da 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 you know, yeah. like. Yep. How many of them actually, many actually like, received? Versus they heard someone else, yeah. and they're 12, <laughs> you know, but they heard someone else, and they begin to speak the same way I mean, and stuff, if, too. I if 99 literally re- person literally received it that's amazing yeah that's but awesome. i do question there's times where i'm praying in tongues in, in the secret place and i'm like i wonder because the bible talks about it in jude and stuff it, it, you're building up your your spirit in the most holy mm-hmm. faith there's times i'll be praying in, in the secret place and i i don't even know half of what i'm saying but i know that when i'm praying in tongues i start to get a mental yes. picture of things going on but then there's also sometimes where i'm praying in tongues and this is what i want to get to about tongues it's going to be amazing y'all got to hear this it's crazy but so um, I'm praying in tongues and, and every once in a while, like I'm not trying to, I just, I'll be praying and I'm like, yes, and it comes out with that word and my heart just goes, Oh, I'm talking about Jesus in the spirit. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I know I'm being edified and I know quite mm-hmm. often I have dreams afterwards. So when I got the gift of tongues, right, it was on a Wednesday night service during worship. It just came out. Um, as I was worshiping, I was just praise you, Jesus. And it just came out. So I was like, wow. And I went home and I began to pray in tongues during that season. And I began to pray in tongues and pray in tongues and pray in tongues because I'm building up my spirit, man. I was 23 years without Jesus. So I really got, I got a lot of catching up to do. That's my mentality. Um, but I remember one day I was praying. And like I said, I grew up with a dad that was very judgmental and condemning, always telling me I was going to hell as a rotten son. He wished I never was born. He actually told me one time he wished he had an abortion. And I, I remember that. Yeah, I, 
what I, it was what I wasn't saved. For I was as like religious as your dad is. Like I'm surprised that he's he said that. Yeah, but I was just like, you can't have an abortion. Can can a, can a man have an abortion? <laughs> like I was thinking because I mean I wasn't saved at the time. I was just like, how can he have an abortion? Like that's just crazy, right? But like, but but can I can I will tell y'all. Listen, listen, <laughs> hear me. You'll hear me over. I will be talking about my dad at times. Yeah. I love my dad. My wife can guarantee this. I love my dad. I have no anger towards him. My my heart goes out constantly in prayer towards him. Uh, we don't talk anymore. Cut off contact with him and my sisters just because some stuff that just went really bad. But I pray for them and I pray for him. I realized early on in my walk when I was sharing Jesus with my dad and I was sharing the experiences I have, my dad would mock me. Oh, you must think you're so holy now, huh, Daniel? Oh, you must know so much about the Bible now. Instead of being thankful that his son was now, you know, growing in the faith, hungry for Jesus, he was mocking me and mad at me because I was getting revelation. I wasn't getting revelation because I read the Bible because my dad read the Bible my whole life. But don't you think that's the spirit within him? Warring with the spirit that's in you. Yeah. Well, I think you it's know, the flesh like, within him too. Yeah. Quite often we can attribute that. that I'm not saying the Holy Spirit in right. him. I'm saying like the spirits that have influenced him. Yep. Speaking against the Holy Spirit in you to yep. discourage you from continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I was saved, right? About seven months or so praying in the spirit one day. And I, it was late at night. And I, I think I was praying for like an hour or two in the spirit. And um, as I was praying, I was sitting there, like on my knees, often as I do, and um, I just started to press forward. I could feel like this weight, right? And I'm just like, just praying, and I just kept pressing forward and pressing forward. And I'm literally like this in a moment, I'm like, oh, it felt like I was being crushed, but it wasn't painful. I could feel a weight around me. It was crazy. It was the only time this ever happened in my life, and I was newly saved. And um, I'm just like this, and I go... Oh, to where I could barely breathe. And all of a sudden, I felt arms come around me. And it was probably one of the most significant moments in the secret place. I love the secret place. There's nothing like it. You can you can have the pulpit. You can have the platform. At the end of the day, you can have the greatest podcast and all that ministry. Give me moments like that. I don't need to ever be known by people. Mm. And I felt these arms come around me. And I knew it was the Father. And he says, I love you. And I just, uh, I just bawled. I bawled. I don't know how long, but I just bawled. It was, that was it. My praying in the spirit, that, that was the reward of my secret time mm-hmm. that night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, you know, getting back to this, many will say on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we? I never knew you. What a tragedy that these people did all these great things for God. Yeah, they were great. But God never knew them. They were lawlessness in their lifestyle. So how can you, and and maybe we'll even start to bring this to a close for this podcast this time with this. How can we, how can you do these things that you're called to do and yet still know God? And I think the biggest key is, and we were talking about this morning when we first woke up and came down here, right? It's John 15 through 17. If I said anything other than the Beatitudes to you, the best place to just dwell in the Gospels is John 15 through 17. 
Because in there, Jesus talks about abiding in the word and the word abiding in you and abiding in Jesus. Because if you don't abide in Jesus, you can do nothing. And he will, all branches that get withered and cut off, he will throw into the fire. But he talks about abiding in his word. And if you abide in his word and you abide in him and he abides in you, you'll bear much fruit. And that's what Jesus was talking about right before he goes into many will say on the day, Lord, Lord. It's not a coincidence. He says, you will know them by their fruit. And then he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Many will say, da, 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 da. And I will say, depart. I never you knew you. You who practice sin, practice lawlessness. We are saved by the grace of God. Hebrews actually tells us, I believe it's chapter 10, that he has perfected once, now, and forever. He has perfected those who are being sanctified. That's why I like, I hate that cop out. Nobody's perfect. I am. I'm perfect because of Christ. Not because of anything I've ever done. Christ has perfected me. Now daily as I yield, he's sanctifying me. Mm -hmm. And it's a daily process and you will never grow out of it until the very day you die. Yeah, and as you've been speaking, I was just thinking of something too, like... You know, Dan, we got married May 1st, 2010. May Day. May Day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from that day on, we've been married. We've been one, mm. right? Yeah. But there are times where we are physically one. And it's just like this communion with the Lord too. It's like our secret place. We, we can't always live, you know, hiding in our bedroom, yes, right? In our right. marriage, we can't always right. just be having fun in our bedroom. You know, yeah. like that's not, that's not how it goes, Come on. but like there's that time and it's set apart and it's, it's holy. private and it's holy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what he's saying. Like, or that's what we're saying to be known by God. Like, seek Him in private. Have your prayer language. Mm -hmm. You know, like. And for us, it's been a process of learning to die to ourselves, just even being married. Yes. You know, and mm -hmm. so as we yes receive Jesus as our Savior and know what He did for us and what we did to uh for that to need to happen our sin right yeah. what separates us from the lord but then it's like it doesn't stop there no and a marriage is intended to grow a covenant is intended to grow and i think he's talking about but i didn't i didn't know you like yeah it's, it's private time yeah there was no intimate relationship yeah and yeah and it, obviously i'm not saying like yeah our relationship with the Lord is a sexual experience. Like no, I, I'm, not, no. I'm not saying that at all, no. but it's private and it's intimate and it's meant to equip your identity. Yeah. Never do I go in public and think I'm an unmarried woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, why would I, why would I think that? Yeah. You know, but our, our private time with the Lord gives us our identity we're, we're meant to eat his word right yeah. like to consume it and yeah. and absorb it and then it like propels us through Come the whole on. day of what are we thinking what are we saying mm -hmm. what are we doing and and is it this yeah gosh i miss it sometimes a I lot of times we do too you know i think that's the danger that 
Um, and that's the fight of the flesh versus the spirit, y'all. I would really say it's the fight of the flesh versus the spirit because, you know, God says to take the word and meditate it on day and night, right? What did, you know, and it's not that it's a bad thing. It's, it's a reminder. It's an outward expression because I was out in Israel and I saw some of that. But they take these little boxes and they put them on the front of their, uh, their yarmulkes. And, and, and they have scriptures in there they can pull out and read like mm-hmm. small scriptures and stuff. So, so, and they, they, you know, wrap the net, they wrap their arms and stuff. But quite often, if we're not careful, like even revival, we can turn it into a ritual. Mm-hmm. We can make wow. it something mm-hmm. outward versus something inward. Like I've heard, we live in Nashville now. I actually heard yesterday, Jody, oh my gosh, they're tearing down the Nashville, Tennessee Titans Stadium. I was like, oh, I knew it was coming, but, oh. but I'm like, they're tearing it down. So if y'all don't know, I got tattoos. Pray and fast are on my knuckles. This comes from the call with Lou Engle. So back in the day in 07, and it was, I think, in 08 when I had it done, but they had this on their website, and it was the um, thing. It was actually on MySpace. It was their MySpace cover photo, and it was praying fast. And I was like, I'm doing that. I want that. Like, it was really cool. One of our wildlife girls one time, she actually said something because my, um, you can't really see it that well, but my, there you can. So right there, when I got to pray, the pee looks like a turtle. And, uh, yeah, it's like old. It's script. old English. Yeah, yeah. And I remember she goes, what do those say? And I was like, pray fast. And she's like, no, I pray slow. And I was like, oh. But <laughs> so I went to the call in 07. I was saved at that time just over a year. And I remember coming out to Tennessee and being there at that stadium uh, around the music. And one of the biggest songs to me that really impacted my heart probably was where you go, I go. What you say, I say. And when you pray, I pray. So yesterday, a guy comes into the bank uh, where I work at. I work security. And um, he just told me that, yeah, he's working on six days a week. They're tearing it down mm-hmm. um, and, and whatnot. And I was like, oh. But I can get stuck in a moment that happened. Of That was an amazing move of God. Instead of going, God, what do you want to do to move now? How are you moving today? And you might move in a way like that today because there's actually a gathering going on in Nashville today. Um, in a stadium but it's a different gathering and they're not trying to duplicate what they did and I want to say going forward like for revival for whatever we want to see and we're believing for for our friends being saved our families being saved a move of God we cannot just go to the Bible take a script and go this is how we're going to pray this is how we're going to prophesy this is how we're going to make it happen with everything that you do the greatest thing I can encourage you to do being known by God and knowing God, drawing near to God, is let the Holy Ghost lead you in everything that you do. It's important. It's crucial. We need to be led by the Spirit of God at all times. Like children, come to Him and say, God, I need you for every step. I need you for every day of my daily bread. Yeah, so. led by the Spirit, nourished by His Word. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good. I feel like we should maybe come this to a close, right? It's awesome. I got to say today, y'all, can I, I want to say one of my highlights is just hearing my wife articulate some of the stuff that she was sharing on today. Um, My wife hasn't been somebody to share as much and teach as much, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to get into down the road uh, the fivefold gifts, and I'm excited to unpack that with you, unfolding the fivefold. You know, over the years, I've been told I'm an apostle pastor a preacher a prophet literally all five i want to say those things don't matter it doesn't matter the if if people call you a teacher that's awesome okay here's my loving um encouragement to you 
those who teach, let not many of you become one because you're going to be held to a higher judgment. If you're teaching on something, you will give an account to the Lord for it. Doubt let many of you become pastors. God gave some. And I don't want to over jump the bounds and go into this too much, but I want to say that the fivefold ministry is not the only ministry. We are all called to minister the gospel. We are all called to walk this out. We are called to do miracles, to prophesy, to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to do many great wonders in his name. But if our focus is not on Jesus, I want to know you. And out of that, let your light shine through me and you make me known to the world we can really miss it. And it's a very dangerous place to be. Mm -hmm. So God bless you guys. We're glad that you're tuning in. Please do us a favor. If you like this, if it encouraged you, comment, like, share all that fun stuff. We just want to make this known to the people around us. God bless you. Take care. We'll see you next time.